Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, we want to welcome you this morning. Happy Easter. Come on, Christ is risen today. We're so happy you're with us today uh, on this wonderful day. Uh, Billions of people across the world today are celebrating this incredible uh, day of Easter. And uh, we're so thankful that you chose to be with us today, even if for a moment, uh, if, it's, if you're a part of Love City Church, maybe you're visiting today, maybe you found us just cruising on Facebook or YouTube, or for whatever reason you're with us today, we want to say thank you for being here. We love having you. My name is Ryan, and my wife was the beautiful lady here, Stephanie, and uh, we pastor Love City Church, and we're just glad you're here today. So we're going to just take a few moments here. We're just going to talk about uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And my prayer would be is that uh, I'm not going to teach you anything new today necessarily. If you've gone to church for a while, I'm not going to teach you any new revelation today. We're just going to be reminded of an old truth, reminded of a truth that exists today that is the very foundation for why we gather together every Sunday and all throughout the week as a church and why so many churches across the world gather together. There is a reason why and that the reason why is Christ Jesus. And he rose on the third day and he died Uh, He was sinless, but he took all the sin of the world upon his back. They buried him in a grave for three days. And we see through history that it's proven that not only did Jesus Christ live on the earth, but Jesus Christ was buried. And it's proven that Jesus Christ was, was crucified. And it's proven that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And the idea today, the thought today is this. This really happened. This is a real thing that really happened. Not a a moralistic idea or not this religious concept that we uh, believe only for a select few. Whether you believe uh, in this or not, it's a fact. It happened. Uh, Jesus walked on the earth. Jesus was murdered. He was buried and he rose from the dead. It's actually a fact in history that this happened. And so I just believe today as you hear this, these thoughts, the very simple thoughts today, that, you would, that Jesus himself would reveal himself to you and that you would experience Christ today and that you would experience a personal relationship with him. And, and may, maybe you're far from him today. Maybe you feel distant and disconnected or maybe you haven't been to church in a while. You've never been to church at all. Or maybe you go every Sunday but feel like you're feeling a little disconnected from God. I want you to know that you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ today. Today of all days is the day in which we talk about that very thing that Christ came for you and for me to have a personal relationship. And so, come on, today we're just going to talk a little bit about this idea of the resurrection, obviously, and that 2,000 years ago, this man, uh, this man died and rose again. Uh, if, if, if this isn't true, then the Christian religion, if I can call it that for a minute, the Christian faith, the, the ideas of God, the things that many billions of people are recognizing today, if this is not true, everything we believe in is a lie, and everything that everyone's believed in and, and died has, has believed a lie. Everything's a lie as a Christian unless this is true. And without this being the reality, without this being a fact, without this being true that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, you and I stand on uh, a house of cards. And this is what Paul says. He says, if Christ had not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still 
guilty of your sins. In that case, all who've died believing in, uh, only for this life, we are more to be pitied than any in the, anyone in the world. We, we had the wool pulled over our eyes. The, we, were, we were pitied to believe in this reality that wasn't true at all. And so that's why it's vital for us to understand that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the bedrock, is the cornerstone, is the foundation for which we as Christians or followers of Jesus stand. And without it, we do not have a leg to stand on. Jesus Christ, he actually rose from the dead. He actually did. He rose from the dead, just like he said that he would. And it's true, and we want to believe that. And if, if that's the truth, if, if this man named Jesus who walked on the earth, who died and buried and rose on the third day, if this is actually true, how does this impact your life? Does it go beyond becoming just an idea in your mind or a moral code we follow? Or how does it impact your purpose in life? Why you get out of bed? How does it impact your relationship? How does it impact your perspective of the afterlife, about what happens when you die, after you die? How does the reality of Jesus Christ rising from the dead transform how you live, why you live, and the purposes that you live for? All I know is this, is that if you believe today that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the implications in your life are significant. They have a significant part of your life and they make a difference in how you live your life. And, you know, I could take all day today and talk about all the historical and scientific evidence to prove the Bible and prove that Jesus walked on the earth and to prove the facts about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and even in the first service, I shared some things that I probably won't share actually in today's service. So if you want to listen, go back to the first service and listen to that. But the idea that there was historical manuscripts that have been written that were discovered uh, just months, years and months after Jesus rose from the dead, there were manuscripts that were found. And, and the one manuscript, they found an entire Greek New Testament in a monastery on Mount Sinai an entire, in, 18, in the 1800s. An entire uh, New Testament uh, Greek Bible. They also found 127 pages of a, of a, of a manuscript of, of the Septuagint, which is the Old Testament. These, uh, these, these manuscripts and these parchments were, were, were the way in which you and I can look back and prove that this was historically accurate. In fact, we have more historical manuscripts for the Bible, over 6,000, more than any other historical book in history. In fact, most of the books that we look at and that we read as a historical reference to our past have at minimum, like a maximum of 10, 10 uh, manuscripts. The Bible has over 6,000. <laughs> and so I think that it's a proven fact that Jesus Christ walked on the earth. And there's some important ones that I, I won't refer to today, but some really important documents that were found. But there was one specific parchment manuscript that was found just uh, several years. It was written several years after the resurrection of Christ. And this parchment that was found is called the Pearl of Great Price. In fact, many historians and scholars believe that this very small parchment is one of the most, uh, the most um, influential and powerful piece of historical literature in all of antiquity. The, the most important parchment that they could find. And this little document, this little, this little scripture we're going to read today, this pearl of great price, 
was something that people for thousands of years have laid their life down for. They've been murdered and killed and given their life up. It's transformed why they live, how they live, and who they're living for. This little document, if this is the only single manuscript that we have from the written scriptures, it would have enough evidence and enough historical evidence to stand on for you and I to still say Jesus Christ rose from the dead. A very important piece of document, and I want to read it to you today. And this document is, is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, just a few verses before this. And as we read this verse, we've got to remember that Paul, who wrote this verse, was once called Saul. Saul hated the church. Saul hated Jesus. Saul hated the idea of the way, is what the Christian people were called. The way, the Christian. Saul hated them. He wanted to murder them. He, his whole life was committed to destroying these Christians and this church because he believed that they were destroying the very essence of the, Judea, the Judaism religion. And his religion, he believed in God. And, and he, these, the people of the way believed in this guy named Jesus who was the Messiah. And it was a cult and it wasn't real and it wasn't accurate. And so I want to take it out. And so he was more willing to murder and to throw these people in prison over the idea of knowing this man named Jesus. And Saul had a powerful conversion where he saw face to face with Jesus and he had a powerful experience in his life. And then he penned this letter to the church of the Corinth when they were having some problems. And he wanted to remind them about the most important part of their walk with God, the most important foundational piece that they have, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this section of scripture, scripture is that pearl of great price. And it says this in verse 1 of 15. Now let me remind you, brothers, of what the gospel really is, for it has not changed. The gospel hasn't changed. It is the same good news that I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still welcome it now. For your faith is squarely built upon this Wonderful message. And it is the good news that saves you if you still firmly believe it. Unless, of course, this is interesting, Paul says, unless, of course, you never really believed it in the first place. If you never ever really processed the reality that this isn't a myth, this isn't an ideology, this isn't a moralistic code, this isn't a religion, this actually happened. This is a, a factual encounter, a historical encounter with a man named Jesus who died and rose again on the third day. Look what he says. Here's the pearl of great price. I passed on to you right from, right from the first would have been told to me. Paul spent some time with Peter and James and the disciples and the apostles, and they said this is what our encounter with Christ was. He revealed himself to us, and he says this. This is the message. Christ died for our sins. If you say, Ryan, what's the gospel? This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ died for our sins just as the scripture said that he would, and that he was buried, and that three days afterwards, he rose from the grave just as the prophets foretold. He says he was seen by Peter, Cephas, the chief disciple, the rock in which he was built, uh, the, the church was built on. It was, Peter was the one who denied Jesus three times. He was a powerful disciple of Jesus Christ. But when it came down to the time when Peter had to stand in boldness for this man named Jesus, he was a coward. He denied Jesus three times. He was embarrassed when a, a young girl walked up and said, hey, aren't you with Jesus? Well, that guy who says he's God, that guy who claims he's the Messiah that we've been thinking about or praying for for hundreds of years, 
This guy, Jesus, who you say is the Messiah, aren't you with him? And Peter says, oh, I don't know that guy. I don't know him. Three times he did this. Peter denied Jesus. He denied Jesus, and he looked over, and the scripture actually says that when, when he denied him the third time, really cool detail in the Gospels, that Jesus looked over and stared at Peter. Now, Jesus revealed himself to someone that rejected him. He revealed himself to someone who was ashamed of him. He revealed himself to someone who had really gravely sinned. If God can reveal himself to a man named Peter, God can reveal himself to a guy like me. God can reveal himself to a person like you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what journey you're on in this life, I want you to know it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. Jesus Christ, the resurrected Jesus Christ, wants to reveal his spirit to you. He wants to reveal his word to you. He wants to speak to you and change you and transform you just like he did to Peter. And here we see Peter, a coward, afraid. He's uh, locked himself in a room, afraid of the Jews, along with all the other disciples. And here we have, on one day, they're afraid, and they don't want to let anyone know where they are. They're afraid of the Jews. They're worried that they're going to be killed. And we have, just a few weeks later, after Jesus reveals himself to them, they're standing up in the courtyard with thousands of people declaring with boldness the resurrected Jesus Christ. And the crazy part is, the people they were talking to were the very Jewish leaders that crucified Jesus. So here he is, boldly proclaiming to the murderous individuals who murdered Christ, knowing that they are now going to want to murder him with boldness that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. I don't know about you, but that is a significant transformation in the life of Peter to stand up and put his life at risk for this man named Jesus who supposedly rose from the dead. Peter was later crucified just like Jesus and he said, I am not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. Not only that, but every other disciple in Scripture that we read about, minus Judas, of course, and John, the beloved, were all uh, brutally martyred for their belief in the resurrected Jesus Christ. James was stoned to death. Saul, Paul, who wrote this verse, he was beheaded. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be willing to die for something unless it was true. I wouldn't be willing to give my life for something unless I knew unequivocally without a shadow of a doubt that this man named Jesus rose from the dead. If we don't believe in that and we don't have that to stand on, then what we're doing here is worthless. These men died. They gave their entire lives. It transformed everything about them. Why? Because they, the Jesus himself had revealed, Jesus revealed himself to these men. It says he was seen by Peter, and later by the rest of the 12. They were afraid and locked up in a room, and then later, here they are proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. After that, he was seen by more than 500 Christian brothers. So Paul just put this in there to say, hey, don't, don't quote me. Like If you think that I'm wrong, go to Jerusalem. There's 500 of them, and most of them are still alive. They had a personal encounter with Jesus, and the cool part, uh, Paul just threw this in there just to kind of show off for Jesus. He did it all at the same time. <laughs> He revealed himself to 500 Christian brothers at one time, at the same moment, at one time, to 500 different people. He revealed himself to these people. Among these, uh, these apostles that he talks about later, it says, James saw him and later the apostles. James was Jesus' half-brother. James hated Jesus. James despised Jesus, in fact. There was a time in Scripture when Jesus was hanging out with a bunch of folks uh, considered sinners and disciples and 
his mom, Jesus' mom and his brother, rolled up to the house and was concerned for Jesus because he was doing tons of hours of ministry. He was hanging out with all sorts of random people. They were concerned that he was making statements that he's, he's God and you know, he's the Messiah. And they were like, okay. And so many theologians believe that when James and Mary came to the door, James specifically was concerned that his brother was losing his mind, that his brother was a lunatic, that his brother was crazy. James spent his entire life, the entire adult life of Jesus hating everything that Jesus represented because he thought, my brother thinks he's God, for goodness sakes. My brother thinks he's God, and I know he's doing these crazy miracles that I can't explain, but there's no way that my brother's God. I know my brother. He picked on me when I was younger. Like, you know, we see James just did not like Jesus at all, but Jesus came and revealed himself to his brother, and James, who hated Jesus, later became the, the, the pastor of the Jerusalem, the first church, early church, the Jerusalem church, and was, was the one who uh, allowed the church to go out through all the world. James experienced a life, a life transformation when he had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. And we see in this verse that it just accounts for all of these different realities that every one of these men experienced death and beheading and stoning because they believed that, the, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. It wasn't a myth. It wasn't just an idea. It wasn't just a good thought. It wasn't a beautiful perspective. It wasn't just something I do on Easter. It was life-altering reality for their world. And their life was transformed forever. So if this really happened, if these things really happened and, and, and Christ did actually rise from the dead, how does this change our lives? It changes our purpose. It changes our meaning. It changes why we get up. It changes everything about you. If you're here today and you're watching and you feel like, man, I've just been kind of a religious Christian and I, I want to experience a, a personal relationship with God, today is the day for you because the God that you profess and the God you pray to around the table and the, the Bible that you read when you go to church and you listen to the sermon and you hear those things, if it, it, it may be in your mind, but today God wants it to go to your heart and he wants you to know that today you can experience the resurrected Jesus just like these men did. You might not see him in bodily form like he did, but you can experience his presence. You can experience his salvation. You can experience... Come on, a fire and a flame in your heart for the living God like never before. Come on, I want to just give you five thoughts today as we end our time together. Very quickly, five things that if, if, if this is true, these five things are true about Christ. These five things have implication for our life. These five things mean something to us. These five truths that we see, because Jesus rose from the dead, there are these five things that impact us as people. And I hope that they will inspire you today and encourage you today to make a step forward towards a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, the first one is this. Very simply, the resurrected Jesus. The resurrected Jesus is the only living God. It's going to be up there any second, I promise. Sorry, there it is. The resurrected Jesus is the only living God. No other God stands next to our God. All throughout generations, Greek mythology, God's, God's, God's. In our day in North America, it might not be the God of Zeus, it might be the God of money. 
It might be the God of sex. It might be the God of satisfaction. It might be the God of career. It might be the God of, of, of whatever it might be, whatever God might be. Our God is alive and living and active. And our God of all other religions is the only God that rose from the dead. You look at every other religion. Look at every other historical evidence of every other religion that we hear about today. And not a single one has a God that rose from the dead. Jesus said he would rise from the dead, and Jesus did. He is the only living God. And Jesus says that I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus. Come on, here's the second thought here today. The resurrected Jesus is a promise-keeping God. The scripture says he, he isn't here. He's risen from the dead just as he said it would happen. He says, come and see where the body is laying. Let me show you the evidence that there is no body in the grave. This means this. When Jesus says something over your life, he's going to do it. If he says he's going to protect you, he's going to protect you. If he says he's going to provide for you, he's going to provide for you. If he says he's going to never leave you nor forsake you, he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. If he promises that if you seek him, you'll find him, guess what? You seek him, you'll find him. If he promises that he's going to heal your body, he's going to heal your body. If he promises he's going to heal your mind, he's going to heal your mind. If he promises he wants to restore your marriage, he's going to restore your marriage. Our God is a promise-keeping God. And every single word that we read in Scripture promises that you are an overcomer in Christ. That we are, yes, his promises are yes and amen in Christ. And every single promise God has made for your life, every prophetic word, every encouraging thought, everything that God's spoken to you, everything that's spoken over you, everything that you're praying for according to God's will, he will keep his promises for your life. He's a promise-keeping God. And every time I think about the resurrected Jesus Christ, I am reminded that if God said it, it's going to happen. Now, it might not happen in the time I want it to happen. <laughs> it might not happen in the way I want it to happen, but it's going to happen in the way God wants, when God wants, and it will always be perfect timing for my life and for your life. So I want to encourage you today. If you've been praying for something, if you've been hoping for something, you've been standing firm, God, are you going to do this? I want you to know that if it's the will of God, His promises will endure, and no matter what the enemy says to you, no matter what discouraging thought you have, no matter what discouraging or depressing sense you have in your life, because I don't see God answering my prayer, if he said it and it's according to his will, it is going to happen in your life. Amen. He is a promise-keeping God. He rose from the dead to prove to you, I said I was going to do it, and now guess what? Not only did he say, he said, I'm also going to come back for you. And I'm also going to, you're going to spend an eternity with me. And yeah, I'm gonna, you're in a godly and healthy church. I'm going to bring you godly relationships. And, you know, God is going to keep his promise in your life. So here's the third one. The third thought today is that the resurrected Jesus is worth putting our faith in. So the, you can spend all your time looking at the scientific evidence, historical evidence, reading all the manuscripts. But I want you to know that at the end of the day, the, the, the way for you and I to experience a personal relationship with God is not through our intellectual understanding of the realities of God because I want to help you understand something today and I hope this sets you free. You will never be able to wrap your mind around Jesus. You'll never be able to wrap your mind around his love. You'll never be able to wrap your mind around the Trinity. Come on, somebody. You'll never be able to wrap your mind around all the nuances of Scripture. Why? Because we are finite humans and only God knows all things. At the end of the day, you can spend all the time in the world reading every book that you want to read, doing everything you need to do, but at the end of the day, it requires faith. It requires faith in Jesus. It requires a faith that I can explain this miracle of the resurrection from the dead. 
I can talk about it. I can try to figure it out. But at the end of the day, there just comes a moment where I got to put my faith in him and I got to say, I don't understand it all. It doesn't make complete sense to me. Yes, I can't describe everything and give you all the evidence for everything. At the end of the day, all he's looking for is for you to put your faith and hope in the name of Jesus Christ and trust in him. It also means to me today that if my God rose from the dead, it means I can put my faith in him, meaning this, that if God rose from the dead, that means I can have faith to believe that he can do the impossible. So I can have faith to believe that the impossible marriage that's broken can be restored according to my faith in him. According to my faith in Christ, I want to believe that God can restore and heal my body. According to my faith in, in the resurrected Jesus Christ, I want to believe that he can restore my mind. According to my faith in the resurrected Jesus Christ, I want to believe that my life can experience everything that God has for me. That this faith increases in our life. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Faith is a belief that God exists and that God rewards you when you actively and diligently seek Him. Faith is what opens up a whole new world for you and I. And you and I can have faith today in the living God because He rose from the dead. We can have a fresh faith today to believe that God can restore my family back to Him, bring salvation to my family, bring restoration to my marriage, bring wholeness to my finances. Like, we can have faith in God. He rose from the dead. If He rose from the dead, and I really believe that, then I can have a concrete, strong faith in the living God that He can do the impossible in my life. He can do the impossible. Come on, the next fourth thought here is this. The resurrected Jesus died and rose again to have a personal relationship with you. And I know that, like, I get that. No, no, personal. See, when Jesus rose from the dead, it made it personal. When Jesus died on the cross, it was personal. But if he would have stayed dead, it would have meant nothing to us. He just would have been another really great guy who died. But when Jesus rose from the dead, he proved to you and I that not only was he 100% human, but he was also 100% God. See, Jesus has experienced all the things that you and I experience. He's experienced temptation. He's experienced pain. He's experienced sorrow, anxiety, fear. He's experienced all of these emotions. The only thing that Jesus hasn't experienced is sin. And so when you and I think about this God in the utmost parts of the universe, you know, he's beyond the, 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 the imaginable places of, of space and we can't wrap our brain around this God. No, Jesus came to the earth in flesh to become a human so that he could say, now I understand. Now you and I can relate. Now I want you to know that I understand exactly what you're going through. But guess what? I was crucified, but now I rose from the dead. And through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all of the weaknesses and the challenges and the difficulties that I face, the personal things that I go through in my life, the living, resurrected Jesus understands and can help me in those things. Look what he says in Hebrews chapter 4. Now that we know that we have Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not slip, let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who's out of touch with reality. He's been through weakness. He's been through testing. He's experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him. Let's walk right up to God, the resurrected Jesus. Get what he's so ready to give. 
He wants to give us mercy. He wants to give us help in our time of need. He wants to help us when we feel like we don't, no one understands us and no one's with us. Jesus, how could you ever understand what's going on in my life? And he says to you today, I do understand. I was crucified on a cross and I did it for you and I was buried and dead just like one day you will. But guess what? I rose from the dead, which means I can help you out of the situation that you're facing in your life. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants to understand the challenges you're facing. He wants to walk with you in your journey. He wants to help you on, on life. He wants to help you in your marriage. He wants to talk to you when you're feeling discouraged. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. And because the same, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, it lives in us. And it gives us the ability to overcome life and overcome challenges and overcome difficulty. And I can relate to my God. He's not just this God in another universe. No, he came to earth and he died a brutal death. But what makes him God is he rose from the dead. And that's the relationship I have with this death-murdering God. I have a relationship with the creator of the universe. This restores access for me back to that. Here's the last thought today. Last thought today is this. The resurrected Jesus conquered death so that we will never die, but will live for an eternity with him. Now, this point is a, a sobering one because every one of us will die. I struggle with this on a personal level, on a regular basis, the idea of death. And the reason is, is because, you know, you think about your life. You think, man, I want to see my kids, 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 right? You want to grow up and be old. And I, I pray I will. Amen. Can you pray with me? <laughs> but what this reminds me today is I, is I rethink about the resurrected Jesus Christ. Is that no matter when you die, it might be today. It might be in a month from now or a year. It might be from 30 years from now, 40 years from now. We all are going to die. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross... He went and he took and conquered the keys of hell and death. He grabbed those keys and he conquered hell and he conquered death. And he did that so that you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, never have to be afraid of death ever again. Because the scripture teaches, as followers of Jesus, I will never die. But you want to know what the devil likes to use against humanity? Fear. Fear of death. Fear, especially during this COVID season that just doesn't seem to go away for God's sakes. New variants and man, the fear I've seen from people in stores and I'm not six, you know, enough feet away and I feel badly and I'm like, oh my gosh, and they're just fear. Fear of death, fear of disease, fear of sickness, fear of what's going to happen next. Fear, fear, fear. And I'm not at all beginning to pretend that sickness is it's just a breeze, you know, and you get sick and you're like, oh, it's no big deal because I get to go to heaven. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult when sickness does come. But what I'm saying to you today is that the enemy likes to use that fear against us. Across all of the, the people across the world who don't believe in Jesus have a constant reality and fear of death in their subconscious. You might not talk about it. You might not think about it ever until you have to. But death is every single one of us is faced at death's door. But I have to tell you today, this is some of the best news I have for you. That when you and I accept a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we no longer die. Look what the scripture says in John 11. 
You don't have to wait for the end when the whole thing wraps up. Jesus says, I am right now the resurrection and life. I'm not just going to be the resurrection and life when this whole thing wraps up and the curtain closes and, you know, whatever happens, maybe a rock's going to hit us like an apocalypse or something like that. My wife thinks that's what's going to happen. No, just kidding. You would have to wait to the very end when the curtain comes down on the planet. He says, right now I'm the resurrection. Right now I'm the life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, look at this, will never die. You will live. Jesus said that, not me. Everyone who, who lives believing in me does not ultimately die at all. Do you believe this? Look what Jesus said in Revelation 1.18. I am the living one, Jesus says. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever. Look, I have power over death and hell. This is the greatest truth that you and I hold as followers of Jesus Christ, that the resurrected Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead so that you and I can conquer hell and death. Without Christ, my destination is death and hell. With Christ, I have conquered that forever. And I will spend an eternity with, with, with God and his presence in a relationship with him forever. And right now I get to experience the same abundant, life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ I'm, I'm just to you today watching who doesn't know Christ, I implore you today to consider that God has a plan for your life and that this whole narrative and the whole story we're talking about isn't just for the person behind you or next to you, it's for you. It's for your life. And you can experience the resurrection life of Jesus Christ right now. Experience peace joy and hope and life experience transformation and yeah there's a season where it's a bit challenging God begins to work in you and the things you used to like to do you're no longer liking to do those things and he changes you and it's a new life and it's a challenge and yes I don't I'm not gonna lie to you it's a great price it costs us everything to be a follower of Jesus Christ as Joel said we have to take up our cross every single day yes it's not easy but I want to tell you this the results and the fruit of serving Jesus is far better and far greater than what anyone else can offer you he is the hope of the world and a plague-ridden dark universe we have the hope of Jesus Christ and he rose on the third day so that you and I can experience life now and life abundantly after we die. Today I want you to give your life to Christ. And maybe you've gone to church for a long time and we, we say this and I hope this doesn't offend you. Maybe you're a Christian and today you need to get saved. Maybe you've been going to church your whole life but you haven't really started a life-giving personal relationship with the resurrected Jesus. Today's a day. Come on, I want to pray for you today. Would you mind just bowing your head at home, closing your eyes for a moment? Just whatever you got to do, just focus yourself for a moment. Wherever your children are, I, I can imagine it's challenging to keep them off, hanging off you. But just for one moment, I want to talk to you. I want to pray for you. Father, I just pray for every person watching today. Those who are going to watch later in the week, God, by randomly finding this video. Those who are watching right now who are either A, a follower of you, God, and they've just been reminded of the life-giving power of, of, your, of, your, of your son, God, Jesus Christ. Maybe you're watching here today and you're a Christian, but man, you just feel like you've been disconnected and you've been lost and you want to get back your first love, Jesus Christ. Or maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. Father, I just pray for these people. The Bible very clearly says, Lord, if I just believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, if I confess with my mouth out loud, Jesus Christ you are Lord. 
The Bible says, I will experience salvation. That I'll experience forgiveness. That I'll experience healing. That I'll experience your presence. That I'll experience peace. So I pray that right now. Every home, every place, every, every area you're at, wherever you're at in your life, he's here for you right now. And I pray they would make a personal decision to follow after you. And they would make a confession of faith to you, Jesus. And they would know that the resurrected Jesus loves them. He died for them. And now he rose for them. And we can live an abundant life today. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name, amen. Come on, if you gave your life to Christ today, kiddos, if you gave your life to Christ today, tell your parents, maybe you are the parent, you've given your life to Jesus, wherever you're at, I want you to email me, info at lovecitychurch.ca. We have a team of folks who want to email you back, get to know you more about it, want to know more about our church, or want to know more about God, or you need prayer, info at lovecitychurch.ca. We would love to follow up with you and get to know you better. Come on, join us this next Sunday as we start our new series called Not Alone, as we talk about loneliness and being, being alone with God uh, when, when it feels like we're in a lonely world and how we can experience the power of God in our lives. I love you guys. Have an amazing Easter. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll see you guys this next week. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.